listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Proof Text. I'm Michael Halcom, and I am here with J. M. Smith, the sensei of the Disciple Dojo and uh, Proof Text team member. We have. Um, at present, at the time of recording, five Proof Text team members, and so uh, you're looking at two of them. We have Jennifer Noonan, Fred Long, and Mario Melendez, and uh, hopefully we'll continue growing that a little bit more um, uh, as time moves on. So, yeah, it's good to see you, JM. Always fun to do these. My uh, pleasure, ten man. Questions. I love it. Yeah, ten questions episodes, and uh, more often than not. When we do these, I end up seeing the passage differently than I've heard it or, you know, thought about it when I've heard it in the past. So probably every episode so far, I've I've walked away thinking I've never thought about it that way or from that angle. So uh, it's, it's beneficial to do it, to do this sort of thing. And I do it weekly on my own as I'm preparing for my sermons. But I think we're meant to, to study the text in community and, um, and uh, you know, with others. So it's a great benefit to that. Yeah. Well, uh, this episode, we're looking at the Old Testament, and I'm going to spring a passage here on JM. He doesn't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Neither do you. But if you're watching, here it is. Boom. Psalm 91, 11. And maybe you've heard this before, but it says, this is the NIV, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Yeah, so there's that. Um, Yeah. What's the, JM, before we jump into this, Mm -hmm. we did an episode some time ago. And it it said something to the effect of she will be guarded in all her ways or something. Do you remember that? The was it this uh, about the city will not fall. Um, yeah, it was about no. the city or the river or something like that. But um, life will spring up in her or some something to that effect. Which is funny because I just saw a church post. Uh, they they brought an intern on recently and then they gave her some gifts and there it was engraved into a a plaque she will she will live all her days or be guarded all her days or life will be in her all her days or something like that and Hmm. i was i just had to do the face palm because dude yeah (laughs) it has nothing to do with that and i wouldn't have known it had we not been doing these videos (laughs) now i gotta go back and look at which episode because i do remember having that discussion because we talked about how it's popular among uh like women's ministries or stuff like it's immediately read as talking about a particular woman instead of collectively the people or city or river or something exactly Yeah, yeah 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 that's exactly right i can't remember what verse that was, but I, I'm certain we have uh, we've discussed that. So, uh, but again, I saw it and I did the uh, the oh, oh uh, Psalm forty six five. 
God is in the midst of her. She should not be moved. That's okay. Yep. Yep. That's what it will not fail is a lot of the translation. Psalm 46, five, God is within her. She will not fail. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known better had I not been doing these episodes with you. So (laughs) yeah. Anyways, Psalm 91, 11, uh, we will command his angels concerning you to guard all your ways. You're up first on the questions for this. So what are you thinking? Um, so this question is just, uh, uh, kind of out of left field, but why is this Psalm 91 in the Hebrew text and Psalm 90 in the Septuagint? Um, ah. which, where did the numbering get off? And because the reason I asked, not just out of curiosity, but because of, um, how the Psalms are grouped, sometimes if Psalms are combined, then they read differently versus if they're split up. And then the books of the Psalms, like where they begin and where they end the the five books. And so I would just, that, that popped into my head first off is, um, yeah. Why, why does this, mm. where, where did this get off track with the Septuagint, uh, in Psalms? So not really specific to this verse, but just a, interesting question at least to me yeah all right um so what does this mean he will command his angels concerning you uh to guard you in all your ways um concerned with what and uh yeah like what are concerning what i know it says concerning you but like how concerning you like why does he need to command angels? I I guess I have even a question prior to this one, but I'm gonna that'll be my first question. Concerning you, how? Concerning what? Um, why? Yeah, that's my first question. Um, yeah, my second question. Then I'll pick right up on that because that concerning is how they're translating laka, or excuse me, lock in Hebrew. That that uh which is literally for you or to you so uh in hebrew uh key uh key malakal so for his angels he will command to you or for you and so niv is making that as concerning you uh king james has just said he will give his angels charge over you so it there's some I mean it, it's all kind of the same idea in English sort of but it's how how much interpretive weight can we put on that Hebrew mm. preposition la that's in the lock there My second question would be uh who is doing I'm assuming it's God um yeah, so I'm assuming it's it's God, and uh, is if that's the case, like, uh, is it? I guess my question is this: Is God concerning? Is God commanding his angels here, or is this some other figure commanding messengers? I'm I'm every time I see uh, uh, that um, Malach or Angadu in in Greek. Uh, I'm my first sort of thing is are we talking about celestial beings here or human messengers? So 
who's commanding and who are the angels and or messengers? Hmm. Will you just stole my question because <laughs> of the All word right. Moloch. Um, but uh, let's. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, how the NIV renders it. So he will guard. So uh, to guard you, Lishmaka, um, Bakol So in he will guard you in all your and then Derek um, mm-hmm. is the word for road or way or even journey. Um, so is this, he will guard you in all your ways or he will guard you guard upon all your paths um, or wow. upon all every journey, like all of your journeys. Wow. Or so wow. how generic is, are we so to take Derek in this passage? Because uh, it has such a wide range in Hebrew. Uh, how how generic is this? Is this an actual journey, or is this just that the frequent Hebrew idiom for to walk, meaning how you live in general? Yeah, that's a big difference, right? If it's this is like something meant for going on a journey or whatever, versus just like all your ways, everything you do. Yeah, um, that's a huge difference. Um, all right. So let's see. So here we have, uh, yeah, the command, tsua, uh, yeah, tsue, and for he will command. Um, command concerning you to guard you. So this this imagery of being a commander, this kind of uh, interesting to me. So I'm I'm curious: is this a is this a, a we meant to read this through like military lenses, uh, or is there there's something else going on with the command? We have commanding and then guarding. Um, and you were just talking about like journeys or ways. So like, I think of an army, like going out during the pat, like during a battle. Mm-hmm. So is this like that, that raised the question then is the Derek, uh, also like a military path. And is this, is this primarily talking about going like being guarded going into battle or something like that so is it a militaristic we meant to read it through a militaristic lens Hmm. my what am i on number three um Uh, or four is it four or three i don't remember might be four i can't remember (laughs) i'm sitting here looking at the text so i my question is taking into account the next verse um 91 12 reading these together is he'll command his angels to you or for you uh, to guard in all your ways. And then upon palms, two hands, they will lift you or they will bear you lest you 
dash or strike or um, smite upon a rock or stone your foot. When you're walking, like this, I mean, it lends to what you were just saying about is this like a marching, you know, soldier metaphor or anything, but what, what would you strike your, I mean, you're always going to strike your feet on a rock when you're walking in the ancient Near East, because that's everything there is, is dirt and rock and the roads are full of them. And so it's like, he's, he's going to carry you with their hands. What kind of carrying, like holding a kid over some treacherous rock or carrying a king on a a palanquin, you know, a couch, a sedan, Mm. so that they don't even have to walk on the ground. Um, I, that's what I want to know. I mean, it does come back to that Derek imagery, but is that what's, is this a Royal imagery of like bearing uh, Mm. someone with royalty so that they don't even have to step on a rock? Or is this a, they'll carry you over treacherous passages so that you don't, you know, fall and twist an ankle or that's what, that's my question. What is that image in these two verses together? What's it talking about? Wow. Um, So let's assume again that it is God. And we talked about, uh, I asked, is, is this, are these celestial angels or are they human messengers? Um, yeah, so I, I'm just curious about, is it the, the angels slash messengers that are doing the guarding? And the lifting, yeah, it would seem that it is. I guess I'm answering my own question here. Um, Concerning you and guarding you in all your ways, they'll lift you up in their hands. Yeah, I guess that's a bad question because I just answered it, right? My (laughs) my own self. Um, So let let me have a crack at another one here. This one's hard. Um, Is there a... Is this used? This is used in the New Testament, right? When Jesus is being tempted by Satan in the uh, in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and maybe he takes him to somewhere else. But or does Jesus cite this? Jesus is citing this in in sort of a showdown with Satan, and mm-hmm. so. Am I, am I correct about that? I feel like it's, I am. Satan, Satan quotes this. That's going to be, I'm going to sneak my Satan. question in. I'm sneaking my question okay. in before you ask yours. Cause I don't want okay. you to steal it. <laughs> Cause I think it might be the same question. Dang it. But right. my question, my, well, my question is going to be Satan uses this for the reason that Jesus should throw himself off the temple. Because he says, after all, it says he will command his angels concerning you. Don't strike your foot against the rock. My question is, and then Jesus responds every time with something from Deuteronomy. But my question is, why would Satan apply this verse to getting Jesus to throw himself off the temple? Like what connection does not making somebody stumble along a path 
have to do with the Messiah throwing himself off the temple. What yeah. was, was that an inner Jewish uh, concept that, that was well known at the time that this was a messianic verse or, uh, you know, or, or was Satan just literally doing what drives us crazy when people do, which is just quoting verses completely out of context, <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, so that's my question and okay. I'm done. <laughs> well, this is another question I have then. I was sort of going to the New Testament, but angels. Oh, Satan is depicted as an angel in scripture. And uh, are, is he then included in this that he'll command his angels concerning you? So Satan included in this because that that would be really weird that's my fourth question and then my my fifth question is with satan quoting this in the new testament is he attempting to sort of place himself outside the other angels like mm. he he is as if he has some authority and he he's of a different kind and a different order than them mm. uh, above them and outside them so like those are his question. angels as opposed yeah, to yeah 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 hmm, yeah interesting yeah well, that's a, a challenging one this one yeah oh um, yeah sometimes you just got to keep staring and keep reading over and over for the insight to come like that the connection with the gospel of matthew didn't hit me until like just toward the end here right mm -hmm. you just got to keep reading and reading and reading and yeah so well uh we'll stop there and uh that's interesting hopefully this is encouraging to you folks watching and uh it's you know demonstrating for you the need to approach a text with the the posture of making observations and raising questions in fact uh we do a, a deep group a small group in my house every saturday night and uh, this is what we do. We don't have a TV in my house. We have like a projector and we put it on the wall. And whatever the sermon text is going to be the next morning, we'll walk through that verse by verse and do exactly what we're doing here. Just ask questions and array, make observations and ask questions. And then when we're kind of like through it, we'll go back and start seeing what questions the text answers for us. Hmm. So you can do this if you're leading a small group any kind of Bible study. The beautiful thing about it is that it doesn't take any prep time. It just you just you don't have to prepare a, a lesson or something like that. Just do it live, and you'll find that it generates some just amazing discussion. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that uh, just like with me and JM here, that we're we'll start riffing off of each other, and and uh, he'll say something that makes me see something i'll say something that makes him see something and it's just a beautiful synergy and it, it's actually doing scripture study it's actually doing bible study not sort of some canned thing that you know has been developed by somebody else you're doing it in your community live and it's a beautiful thing so it's yeah. also I wrote a book like, on this oh go ahead yeah well i was gonna say it's also thoroughly jewish 
practice. I mean, this is what the rabbis did. And the Talmud is just thousands of pages recording these exact type of discussions. Why does the text say this rather than this? Well, Rabbi so-and-so says it's because of, and, and it's given me an appreciation for not for the conclusions, not to the answers that the rabbis put forth. Cause sometimes the answers, I just, I don't, I just don't buy them. (laughs) Um, And many other rabbis didn't at the time, which is why they argued, but it gives me, uh, it it shows me things that I would never even have thought to ask because they know the text so well down to the letter that they spot things immediately that look out of place or that are odd or raise questions. And, and I, that's something that I only recently learned to appreciate from a Jewish friend of mine. Uh, so I would encourage mm-hmm. Christians, just like what you said, just interrogate the text. Even if you don't know the answer, just asking the question at least gets your mind in the text. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I, I wrote a, one of my first books was on this, um, on approaching scripture in the context of community. Um, and it's called People of the Book Inviting Communities into Biblical Interpretation. So mm. you can go grab that on Amazon. It's really inexpensive. You can get a Kindle version, but it'll walk you through a process for doing this too. So kind of cool. But well, um, we'll stop there, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Head over to discipledojo.org and uh, glosshouse.com. Go to both of our YouTube pages. Um, lots of great stuff, and uh, keep keep tuning into the podcast. Interact with us, which verses would you like us to discuss all right we'll stop there hope that helps aloha interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start glows the house can help from illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars glows the house offers a variety of resources for beginning intermediate and experienced ancient language learners head to glows today glows house Language resources for the global community.